Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 7, Episodes 19 and 20, Strange Bedfellows, and The Changing Face of Evil. Michael, why don't you start us off with a plot synopsis of Strange Bedfellows. Okay, so we have Thought Goran the Breen about to sign a treaty with uh, the Dominion, which Cardassians are not very happy about. Damar is very upset because it means that there will be territorial concessions made, so Cardassia looks to lose just a few planets, no big yeah. deal. Uh, but they're not very happy about that. Um, and then we've got uh, Worf and Ezri, who are also on the same ship. And uh, and they basically realize that they're not in love with each other and that Ezri really does have a crush on Dr. Bashir. Uh, so they clean up, they clear up their feelings on that one. Um, and then we've got... Cisco and Cassidy Yates, who are now husband and wife, mm-hmm. and Martok quoting the great songwriter Pat Benatar says that love is a battlefield, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. there will be many battles to fight in this marriage. But, yeah. Uh, so it's basically them kind of getting on each other's nerves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, but most importantly, we have Kaiwen and Angel, aka uh, Dukat. Mm-hmm. Where Ducat is basically on behalf of the Paw race trying to corrupt Kai Wen, which mm-hmm. doesn't really take a lot of effort. He uh, he tells her, you know, the prophets haven't done anything for you and you're a great leader. Basically, you know, mm-hmm. stroking her ego. And at the end, she embraces the Paw race. Yeah. Um, that's it. So what did you think of this episode? I really like this episode. Uh, it's a, Especially the stuff with... Kaiwen and uh, Angel because I, I think they really bring out what makes her a bad per like a, yeah. a villain right mm-hmm. um, her ego her her uh, obsession with power and, and mm-hmm. jealousy uh, so she has this amazing moment where Kira comes in and she's saying she basically is having this crisis of the soul right where mm-hmm. where um she's the spiritual leader of bejor um, and but the prophets aren't speaking to her what has she done wrong uh this crisis of faith right and so kira says well you know it's never too late uh it's never too late for, for now for, for now yeah <laughs> it's never too late for now um but she basically says look you need to let go of what's corrupting you which is your power and your yeah. jealousy and you you can tell that she just doesn't she's doesn't completely compute. incapable of yeah. it she can't even comprehend that that something so um um crucial to her identity that she'd have to bring you know give up uh yeah. so she basically uh goes full evil and, and enjoys the paw race uh yeah and also the the thought gore stuff i love thought gore i love his name Mm-hmm. I love his refrigeration suit or whatever. Yeah. I love the little details where... Is, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next one where Wei-Yoon is talking to Damar about the brain and says that their planet's not actually cold. really cold. It's actually quite pleasant. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm obsessed with the brain. What did you yeah. think of, of this episode? I thought this was... Uh, 
you know, the, the last two, I said that I wasn't that crazy about them. This, I felt, is getting to... I felt they were doing a much better job in these episodes. I felt there was still some shakiness in terms of the writing. Or not necessarily writing. I feel like the direction at some points was... Mm. I felt a little rushed by the direction. Particularly with um, Kai Wen and... Uh, Angel. Angel, Angel, but I loved I loved her kind of crisis of faith. Yeah, and I liked how you know it's always good when a character reaches like if if they just had Angel convincing her mm-hmm. that wouldn't have felt very convincing, right? It would yeah. have felt ridiculous. But the fact that it got to the, as you said this core of her being that. Kira says what is quite reasonable if if you value religion or your faith over everything else yeah you would be willing to do anything for your faith you would be willing to give up all the power you'd received mm-hmm. and uh anyone else who really did believe that would would follow that path but she views it from this sense of power and the sense of she views power as not really power but as hard work she's put so much hard work into this yeah she doesn't want to give it up like, she has a right for the prophets to choose her. Yeah. You know, rather... I mean, it's... it's Yeah, it's very well done. And I can see where, where she's coming from. You know, if you've worked really hard for something, to give it up seems so absurd, right? It could seem so absurd. And so um, I liked that as the, the, the way in which she is converted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was this, like... There were some points where I was like, I wish it was finessed a little better. Like when she opens up the the orb and you're like, she just waits for like literally 10 seconds. And then she's like, they're not speaking to me. And it's like, <laughs> girl, are you going to like wait a little bit longer than that? You know? Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was great. I thought Louise Fletcher, she actually makes you mm. really care for Kai Wynn in these scenes. Yeah. You know, you feel for her, this, this person who maybe maybe something in her past has prevented her from being able to contact those emotions that would really help her out in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really like that. Um, And I love the thought gore stuff. Thought gore is really creepy and mysterious. As you said, you know, what was great about the Jem'Hadar at the beginning was that they were mysterious. And right now we're being brought this mysterious enemy who's very terrifying. And at the end of this Mm -hmm. episode, we hear they've attacked Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So they're cool. And we're presented with, you know, Kai Wynn has a, has a crisis of faith and Damar has a crisis of faith in this, in this episode too. And that was a nice little parallel, yeah. right? Yeah. That he realizes that his drinking that he's been doing for so long has been trying to mask mm-hmm. what he really feels about the situation. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that little turn as well. They um, had that, it's kind of a cliched scene, but he's looking at himself in the mirror, yeah. drinking, he's just disgusted with himself, and splashes the drink. The really on his gloopy, reflection. Yeah. Like gloopy drink? Like a, is it like syrup that he's drinking? It, it, maybe it's like a, like a digestive drink, you know, something know. really syrupy, yeah, something thick. I, anyways, yeah, that was, but I, I, I like that point i like that turnaround as well yeah. yeah i wish as i said before i wish his um drinking was more i wish it it had been a little bit more subtle and a little bit more you know the problem with people drinking is not that they're constantly just drinking yeah like it's the fact that their behavior is 
affected and his behavior did not seem to be that affected like it would have been better if he was like incoherent or filled with rage at certain times mm -hmm. you know that would have been more more interesting um i i really in this episode i love how much damar hates weyun yeah and the great scene where he comes in to basically take Worf away and uh, Wei-Yoon, who's, you know, always overconfident, kind of gets a bit too close to Worf. And Worf just snaps his neck. And DeMar, yeah. <laughs> DeMar starts laughing. He's yeah. basically like, I guess I'll see Wei-Yoon number nine or whatever yeah. they're up to. I, I love that scene. Yeah, and I thought that was a great... Uh... I thought that was a great scene, right? It, it was such a surprise. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it. And yeah. Of, and of course Worf would do that. Yeah, and yeah, no, I think it was great. Uh, I, of all the plot lines, I was not the most excited about Ezri. Ezri and Worf has not been my favorite plot line. Hmm. I do feel like they handled it better in this episode. There was less of them just sitting in a room, mm. and there was more things happening to them. Like sure, was, they were they were hanging upside down. They were hanging upside down, right? <laughs> that I thought was kind of funny. But I, I, I like. I actually liked the conversation. I, I like that they kind of came to terms with their feelings for each other, and they realized that they're they're just friends, or as Worf says, friends and more. Yeah, well, that that actually happened in the next episode. Ah. But, <laughs> but I did like Worf says. Um, I was seduced and betrayed. Oh, yeah. I love that. That was good. <laughs> Worf was actually, he was doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of Worf, the jokes yeah. and the, the funniness department. Worf has it. I've realized that Worf has a history of being seduced and betrayed because I, um, um, just for our listeners, I was talking to Matthew the, the other night about a TNG episode where, where we, f we first meet Worf's uh, wife. And basically the same thing happens where she seduces him and then he tries to marry her and yeah. she spurns him and it's and he says the same thing. He's like, I've been I'm not just a piece of meat. Once again, I've been taken advantage of. So this happens to Worf a lot is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, I have a quote here. I don't know where it's from. Someone says, leave me. And then someone else says, oh, shut up. I think that was Esri. Esri says, oh, yeah, like, they're trying to escape and they've and they've yeah, he's been shot. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes just leave me behind. <laughs> and she goes, oh shut up. And yeah. I like that. That was yeah. really funny. See, yeah, I like, just, I like that relationship. And yeah, I like Ezri, well, because they had more things to do. Like they had an escape attempt. They yeah. had that. That's that was what I wanted from that mm -hmm. the, the thing on the the other ship was just right. more things happening. Right. Where their characters can be revealed as they're doing things. Mm -hmm. And so which and that that just leave me and oh shut up is a perfect example. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. yeah. It tells you everything you need to know about that relationship. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> um, Sobor was amazing, of course, in these episodes. Yeah, uh, he yeah. is very hard done by uh, long-suffering assistant to Kai Wen. And he, he just lets his passive-aggressiveness out in every scene that he's in. Yeah. Um, there's, like, one where he's, he's, like, letting Angel in, and he's just like... <sighs> <laughs> like he's just, just sighing loudly all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he was great. The The Targ story with Martok was, took up way too much time. I thought that... So when I heard that story, I thought one of the writers has happened. Yeah. One of the writers got married and, and his wife left the door open and their dog or cat ran out and got hit by yeah. a car. Like, this is clearly... They're just putting yeah. that in there. I thought it was kind of funny. I love, I remember, because I remember Sorella was on the show, and she's yeah. amazing. Sorella's amazing, but mm. I was not into that uh, incredibly long storyline. Yeah. 
I did. I did find it kind of endearing. Like I liked uh, Cassidy Yates ruining uh, ruining the the food. Was the... Is that in the next episode too? Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is gonna be a, an ongoing problem. That for the next few episodes because this episode he's cooking for her and oh, then he yeah, wants her yeah, to do yeah. that ceremony right. and she's like no I don't want to do that ceremony and then it just left unresolved and apparently there is a scene that was cut out of the episode where uh, he's doing the ceremony and then she comes in and she helps out oh, okay. so it was like a nice little thing but yeah their their plot line was a little underdeveloped but mm-hmm. I also was not that I'm not into it that much I do love um, Cassidy but and and them being together is good. It just is not as exciting as the rest of the stories that are happening. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I also thought Louise Fletcher, uh, uh, Kai Wayne looked great in this episode. She, like, they really, I don't know, she looked just great. Uh, she did some terrible punch acting, though, when she was trying to escape from Angel. I was like, <laughs> that, that could have been done a little bit better, but... But yeah, otherwise, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I just want to mention, I was reading the notes, and when they were filming this episode, they came up with an inside joke that they had constantly for these last few episodes. And it was, uh, how do you defeat a Breen? Mm. And do you know what the answer is? No. Get them to walk across the room. And the reason why is because they were filming a, a shot, and they were yeah. like... They were like, oh, why don't we just get one of these Breen to walk across the room? And so yeah. they got one of the background players. And the guy tried to walk. And he, he hit his head against some, like, uh, bar that was angled down. And yeah. then he walked into something else. And then, he, <laughs> and, then, and then he, like, left the room. But they, they kept hearing him, like, bouncing off all the walls as he walked down the hallway. So, they, so I, I was, I mean... I was looking at the helmets that they wear and the green vertical light yeah. thing that they or horizontal bar yeah. of light that they have. I'm assuming that's meant to be kind of the eyes or what yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at. But you can clearly see like a, a couple inches below that is where they're actually looking out. Yeah. It's like those mascot suits where yeah, you can yeah. see the the, the mesh face, screen yeah. like in like in the nose or what you know where they're actually looking out of. I don't know. I thought it was kind of yeah. not not the best uh effect let's say yeah yeah i'm fine with it i like the breen it's funny how they actually are very skinny like the breen are not a very imposing people they're just very tall yeah like particularly thought gore yeah um which of course you know what the word thought now means right like th no. oh it's like slut i did not know that yeah no so it's so thought is a slut is that what you're saying <laughs> slut, slut gore slut gore um i i don't know but that's what i've been thinking about but i do love it i think it's a great name it's Thought-gore. a great name yeah I, is this meant to be kind of like like the tall thin ice people are they meant to be like vikings or something is that is that the general idea I don't know. I think they're just supposed to be weird. Yeah. Although we should always point out that there was an episode where um, Kira and Ducat knocked out some Breen and put on their outfits. So presumably they saw what the Breen looked like in, oh, yeah. in, in their suits. But hmm. it's never discussed. It's never mentioned why we don't know this. Hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Lots of plot, but not, not abandoning character. And setting a lot of interesting things up. And yeah. And what was kind of exciting about it is it's like um, 
like any sort of war movie, it's exciting when you're getting a perspective from all these different cities, you know, these integral cities in a, in a particular conflict, right? Mm. And so we're flashing to uh, Cardassia, and then we're flashing to DS9, and then we're flashing somewhere else, right? And so it's giving you this kind of feeling of a large expanse of something that's yeah. affecting a lot of things at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah I like it. Oh, one other thing before we move on to the next episode. I really like the quick scene with the founder where she's about to, you know, go into nego- negotiations with uh, Thoughtcore. And you can see how sh- how she's so decayed from that illness. And she kind of takes yeah. a moment to get her to compose herself before she walks in. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was nicely done. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to episode 20. The Changing Face of Evil. Okay. So I will try my best to do the synopsis of this complicated episode as well. So in this one, uh, this is Esri and Worf uh, tried to escape in the previous episode. In this one, they're sentenced to death according to the traditional Cardassian you know, legal system where you're found guilty before your, your trial. Mm-hmm. So they are going to be sentenced to death, but at the last minute, just before they're about to be executed, Damar appears and passes them some weapons and tells them to leave. And this is all due to the fact that Damar has started a revolution on his planet. So he, in this episode, he also starts to uh, contact some people to basically start revolutions. Mm. And uh, the main kind of impetus for it is they're saying, you know, Cardassians have given so many of their lives for this war, but in the end, they're not being uh, rewarded fairly. Uh, as well, we flash to Kai Wen and Angel, um, who is revealed in this episode to be Dukat by Sobor, who realizes this. And it took, it, it took them a while on that one. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, look at his face. Don't yeah. you recognize him? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I kind of understand that. Like, you wouldn't you're be blinded. expecting it. Yeah, you're blinded by something and then suddenly mm-hmm. it's revealed to you and I, I revelation scenes are always great you know when something is revealed and someone realizes something just by literally looking at something mm-hmm. that, that, i think that's good and uh so but in all the kerfuffle sobor is stabbed by kaiwin and he dies and her his blood is spread upon the coast of Mojin, which was a book she was trying to uh, read which mm-hmm. appeared to be blank basically a version of the Necronomicon or some satanic uh, book. Mm-hmm. And after the blood is spilled upon it, all these words appear. And with it, the ability, presumably, to release the Paul Wraiths. Um, the nerds, uh, Bashir and <laughs> O'Brien, are yeah. building a giant Alamo set, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just, like, mind-numbingly bizarre. I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah. Um, At least they're not still playing space starts. Yeah. Uh, and in this episode, the Defiant goes to attack the Breen, and the along with a whole group of people because they're they're trying to retake the Chintaka system, and they're all very confident. But the Breen start to use this energy weapon, which just zaps the energy out of the ships mm-hmm. and causes a big disaster, and. Um, uh, Cisco and everyone has to abandon ship, and Cisco's all sad because the Defiant is being destroyred. And uh, do do do. I think that's 
it. I think that's it for the plot lines. I think I covered everything. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, sorry, I screwed it up because I said it happened in the previous episode. Uh, Cassidy Yates ruins Cisco's peppers. Yeah, ruins his peppers, and then they get into a fight about he wants her to stop uh, doing her runs, her cargo runs. Right. And then she says, no, I have to do it. And she she stands up for her rights. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of episode 20? Yeah. And also, we didn't really mention it, but oh. Starfleet was attacked by the Breed. Oh, yeah, right. Starfleet headquarters. <laughs> was attacked by the Breed. Yeah. And that totally little damaged. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a terrifying... It's like a... It's almost a terrorist attack, right? Mm. They didn't... It wasn't to conquer. It was just to uh, produce terror. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, this is a good episode. Uh, once again, it's very similar to the last one. I do have to... Yeah, so in this one, you were right. Mm-hmm. They were saved in the last episode, weren't they? Who? Uh, Esri and Warp. Esri and Warp? Because they are in the... They're in DS- DS9 in this episode. Yeah, sorry. I So uh-huh. many things are happening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like this episode. Um, I, of all things, I hate the romance between Esri and Bashir. It's like my least favorite part mm. of this. Um, I hate the Alamo building. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's a little... It's not a toy, Matthew. It's not, not a, a toy. toy. I feel like it's almost like... You know, there's a certain segment of the population who watches this show that are building sets. Yeah. With, with, with figurines and stuff. And I think it's supposed to appeal to them. Uh, I find that so alien and strange to want to recreate a... I don't have um, Sorry, I, I just want to say that Matthew does have a 7 of 9 figurine somewhere. I don't somewhere. actually have a 7 of 9 figurine. I thought I had, you did. I used you to had have, a Jadzia. I had a Jadzia Dax figurine. Okay. I'm, but, just, I'm just calling you out on your hypocrisy. <laughs> but, but the difference is, I when I had it, I liked just looking at it. I didn't want to create a giant set <laughs> okay. in a bar. Yeah, that's weird. People, why, is it, why is it in Quarks? Why are they doing know. it there? I don't know. It feels like, it feels so, I don't know. I, I'm finding it very hard to connect with Bashir and O'Brien when they're constantly engaged in, I guess this is supposed to be like, this is their movies they're watching. Mm -hmm. Rather than watching movies, they play holodeck games and they play things, but it just feels very not interesting to me at all. Well, Worf and Esri agree with you. Yeah. Um, I love the Costumogen, that book. I love I love anything that's like a terrifying tome that you're not supposed to read and that is filled with evil. I love yeah. I love that so much. I used to read H.P. Lovecraft when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. like the whole idea of the Necronomicon, and like it just it drives you insane yeah. if you read it. Yeah, yeah. Like I love that. That stuff is amazing to me, and and I love the idea, like everything that about it, like. No one's looked at it for 700 years, yeah. you know? And then, of course, it's blank, and they have to pour blood on it, you know? Like, that's... I'm, I'm there for all I that stuff. I 100% agree. I love I love ancient satanic texts. And, <laughs> and I also liked it when Angel was stabbed. He gave one last passive-aggressive sigh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mean so far. Sorry, I mean so far. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean... I was sad to see Sobor go because he was really he was cheering the scene whenever he entered. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was pretty good. He the painting that's like the 
you know, the painting that's supposed to show the scenery around the Kai's palace. Oh, yeah, a little fake. It yeah. was a, a super fake. Yeah. It was like, normally it just looks... Normally they can do it so much better. Mm-hmm. I sort of feel like in these last episodes, they because there's so many sets, mm-hmm. that maybe they were rushing a little bit with each of them. Yeah. Uh, so... Th- that I I feel like there's that sometimes. I know I noticed that too. Yeah. The as and as much as I liked the uh, Costa Mojin, the lock to open it, oh, I know. it felt See, a little cheap. It did feel a little cheap. It felt a little bit like like I don't even think that there was actually an actual lock in there. No, <laughs> it didn't look like no. it. No. So I mean, it's seven hundred years old, Michael. Maybe it <laughs> fell apart, right? I, yeah. No, it was. Um, yeah, so that stuff was amazing. You know, and the revelation, as I said, I really like the revelation of of Gal Dukat and, and Kai Wen is really realizing, you know, how deep she's getting into this. Mm-hmm. But she is somewhere decided to become Hitler because she's like, he's basically saying when the Paul rates are released, there will be like millions of people will die. Yep. And she's going to rule over the leftovers. And she's fine with that. Yeah. It's really messed up. <laughs> yeah. But I'm okay. Like, this kind of high, high campy evilness, I'm totally fine with. It's it's fun and exciting, right? And you know what I have to say, too? I like that... Um, the last episode, Strange Bedfellows, did actually have, like, the theme of Strange Bedfellows was kind mm-hmm. of put all the way through it. Like, putting two different people together who don't normally fit together, yeah, right? Yeah, So, you could say that Ezri and War were Strange Bedfellows, and Kaiwen and Angel, and and even, um, you know, Cisco and Cassidy, they're becoming... Mm-hmm. Bedfellows, strange bedfellows too, just yeah. by getting married. So I liked that there was a theme all the way through the connections. And then this one, there's also a theme as well, where the changing face of evil is um, could refer to Kai Wynn and what's happening to her. And it could refer to Damar and how he's changing as well. And he's becoming maybe less evil and more of a hero, yeah. right? And And that was interesting as well. Or even just the fact that the... The Dominion, the the face of the Dominion is now the face of the Breen. The Breen seem to be almost the lead uh, uh, group in the in the Dominion now. Mm. So I like that. I like that there's that there is this thematic connection between all of them, uh, between the plot lines, which I think is a is what is when you have a good continuing series. This is what they managed to do. I also like. And I don't even know if this was planned, but this is almost a kind of a replay of Wolf Three Five Nine, right? Like Cisco lost his ship, and that battle against an, uh, an incredibly powerful foe, mm-hmm. and and then had to escape in an escape pod and watched his ship get a, a blown up, and the same thing happened here, right? And I feel like that's an interesting um, kind of parallel that they brought into it. And is it is it going to be kind of emotionally connected to what happens to him afterwards? I mean, immediately after that, or kind of immediately, but soon after that, he became the emissary. So I assume they're going to there's something going to happen to him his status as an emissary after this as well. Hmm. So you know, very interesting. 
Um, other things that bother me, why is Esri on the Defiant? What, what is she counseling? <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing there? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like, sometimes they just bring people along and you're like, why are they there? Like, do, have you forgotten what role this person plays? Mm -hmm. And they, I understand. They just wanted her in the... But I think it would make more sense if she was back on the station. Yeah. Um, especially since she had been tortured by the Breen and, and escaped. Like, why are you sending her back out on, the, on yeah. a military offensive? It's kind of nuts. Yeah. And what is she doing? Like, somehow she knows now. Like, somehow she's... Mm. Like, I think she's a comm officer. And I was like, what? Yeah. Has she been trained in this? One, one thing uh, we forgot to mention is Damar's forces have blown up the cloning oh, facility yeah. that, that's responsible for pumping out all those Wayuns. Yeah. So, as we know, Damar has uh, no love lost in, for, yeah. for Wayuns, so he's basically ensuring that this is the the last of the Wayuns. Yeah. Are we up to nine now? I, can't, I, think, I, can't I think it's nine, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I love this, these parts, these aspects as well. Like, these episodes are filled with plot. Like, mm -hmm. things are happening and things that have relevance and importance. Like, the Defiant blowing up, that could have been a whole episode by itself. Yeah. Right? But yeah. no, it's it's actually one of the smaller pieces. Starfleet being attacked. That's a, we, we almost forgot it because mm -hmm. there's so many other things happening. And that's that's exciting and fun, right? And they're, they're still suggesting other things in the background so uh before he was killed Solbor basically said that the assembly of of vedics are are is it vedic yeah the that, vedic assembly yeah that they're not happy with kaiwen that they're really freaking out because she's reading the the Necro text. necronomicon <laughs> that nobody has looked at for 700 years uh yeah so you can see that that there's these forces on Bejar that will be you know moving yeah. against her as well yeah, yeah, it, it's, you know, that whole grand sweep. Like, mm -hmm. that's what we want from uh, a war movie or whatever, is this grand sweep with lots of different players and mm -hmm. lots of things happening and a feeling of consequence. Like, things are happening that actually have consequence. They're not just, yeah. uh, oh, this person got mad at that person or whatever, mm. you know. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But, yeah, so I'm... Uh, I'm raring to go for the next uh, few episodes yeah it's really like the pace is crazy in these past few episodes and uh and and they're setting up all these huge conflicts so i'm i'm i just want to see the breen home world and i want to see a breen outside of his suit yeah that's my dream i feel bad for beta zed remember beta zed was conquered a while ago and no one's ever mentioned it again oh really yeah <laughs> i totally forgot about that <laughs> those beta zoids whatever yeah. <laughs> Poor, poor Betazoids. Yeah, they're like, we feel conquered. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll end it there. Unless you have anything further no. you want to say. Um, yeah, so once again, if you want to contact us, please do over Facebook, Twitter, um, email at rrds9 at, at gmail. Sorry. rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. <laughs>